0: Welcome to the RHP Market Talk Podcast, episode number 27, brought to you by Royal Harbor Partners Wealth Management, located along the beautiful Gulf Coast of Houston, Texas, serving families across the country. I'm Natalie Pika, founding partner.
1: And I'm Glenn Royal, founding partner. And I'm Jason Strzeski, investment analyst.
0: Well, here we are again, guys. Thank you for being here and kicking off another really interesting conversation for our February podcast. I'm just going to start us out with, with a topic I'm going to throw out there, irrational exuberance.
2: You're channeling Alan Greenspan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There seems to be a little bit of a disconnect between the fundamentals of this market and what we're actually seeing. I think we've started this this year out much stronger than anyone expected. We were kind of thinking of a second half story, and here we are in the middle of a rally.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of that what we've seen this year, the, mainly the rallies in the non-earnings tech, the meme stocks, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a redo of what we saw after the post-COVID period where the meme stocks really rallied against the Wall Street professionals and had you know, that back and forth mm-hmm. and retail crushed the short sellers. A little bit of that's going on, but I think it's really a reflection of how poor the investor sentiment was at the end of the year. Had a bad year, a lot of tax loss selling, a lot of these stocks were down 70 to 90%. And so you get a calendar turn and that starts the clock over and then you just had a, a momentum based trade. People try to come in and bottom fish it and then the momentum built and off we went.
0: So a little bit of thinking, you know, I'm just so done with the negativity of 22, Absolutely. we're in a new year, let's uh, get something started.
1: Yeah. Just taking that wash out, turning over the page and bringing it into this year. And you know, another part of that, too, is a lot of the economic data that's come out this year so far has come in a lot better than anticipated. So everyone was, are we in a recession? Are we going there? And still hey, is a concern. But right now, the economy is still very, very strong. Even towards that soft landing. Yeah. Yeah. That's now in the discussion, in the cards. But really, a big short squeeze in a lot of these meme names and really likened back to 2021, where you just see all the retail traders piling into these crazy stocks, and you're seeing it happen now on no news, little to no justification. So the thing that perplexes me and many others um, on the street is cost of capital. It, you know, we're
0: mm-hmm.
1: Fed oh. just hiked to 475. It's more expensive. We're, yeah, we're now, <laughs> we went from uh We came in with another uh, 25 basis points on February 1st, taking us to 475, you know, versus zero interest rate policy where free money, money supply, that was, you know, conducive of the time. It's not there right now. Yeah, and
2: the other thing we're seeing is with uh, the commitment to traders in the hedge fund space. Every once in a while, you'll see where they cover their shorts. So they close those out, Mm -hmm. which they did, which had that short squeeze, but they also are not going long. And adding to positions. They're just neutralizing their book because they don't believe in this rally.
1: Mm-hmm. When you look at fund flows for the year so far, it's not in U.S. equities. It's everywhere but. International, uh, and then obviously a lot of fixed income, and then money market funds where you're getting paid to be there, which is what we've saying the yeah. whole
0: time. Risk-adjusted
2: so. returns favor that.
1: Sure.
0: So do you think a soft landing's already priced into the markets? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Big time. Everything and what if, is- what if we
0: go in the other direction?
2: Well, we had more downside, if that were to occur.
1: Yeah, quite a bit so. Uh, you know, Powell came out, we had a huge week last week on uh, of January 30th, where we had several speaking engagements, a lot of important economic data, and then most of S&P earnings releases, you had big names, big tech names coming out, the big three in particular. They all missed, and even so you had a pretty positive reaction a couple days following that and that kind of shows again to that washout of sentiment where people were pouring back into this momentum trade but the thing that kind of concerns us a little bit you know going forward is we talked about how things would look uglier in the first half of the year and then get better well we kind of flipped and the funny thing is too i'll take a side note first half of the year it's been one month and we've right, already rallied this much, so you know we, we got 11 <laughs> months left in the year, plenty of room, plenty of room to go, plenty of wood to chop, and you know, looking at earnings, Glenn, you know, came in okay, so-so. I mean, nothing, no real big standouts from what I'm seeing. But the concern, which what I'm going back to, is we still have margin compression uh, expectations for the rest of the year. Earnings per share is still going to go down. And on top of that, tightening financial conditions. So the, the macro outlook is not in favor for equities.
0: And we're seeing a lot of this, this run up, again, in the technology space. And I just noted a headline about, you know, we're still talking about some antitrust legislation here in that space. Do you think that's going to have any bearing?
2: Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It will. And that thing about antitrust is it's a long process. Yeah, I, I go back to Microsoft in the early 80s when they embedded their software in all things PC. Uh, Bill Gates you know, went in front of Congress, went down with his uh, hubris that he was going to win this thing and Congress put him in his place and Microsoft was forced to change how they operated their business. Google's at risk, a number of the big tech stocks right now, but it does take a long time before it hits. Uh, you can't see the stocks do well in the short run over several years. But once that starts to take bite, you kind of want to avoid it. One thing, too, about these conditions, these financial conditions that Jason hit on is uh, Chairman Powell is a devotee of Paul Volcker. And so the last time we had the inflationary spike, you know. Volcker raised rates incredibly high. We, you know, most people know about mm-hmm. that. But what he would always, his mantra was keeping at it. It was a title of his uh, memoir, was keeping at it. Powell, when he first was at the Fed, offered to buy 500 books for all the members at the Fed oh, to read that. Wow. So he is going to keep at it, which means keep rates higher for longer until inflation does cool down. He has changed his tone with the market. Uh, last year he was much more kind of hawkish on the right, market. Right. Now he's gone neutral because he's going to let the market figure it out on his own. Mm-hmm. They're not here to save the market. Do you think he can go to 6%?
1: I'm saying a few. No, I think it's possible. Think there, it's there's possible.
2: some bets that are starting to occur in the market. Used car prices, you picked up on that yesterday.
1: Yeah, you know, we're we've talked about how the move from 9.1 to where we are now six and a half that was a little bit easier when we go from zero to four four and a half where we were but now that next move down from six to four to two that's going to be the real challenge and that's going to show if the economy truly is strong enough to make that happen Uh, and now use car prices like glenn's talking about we got cpi coming out next week on February fourteenth, and that's anticipated to go down to that's anticipated to drop from six point five percent to six point two. There's a little bit of concern uh, with used car prices coming up again. Looking at Mannheim used car auctions, their data yeah. starting to come up again in the in the month of January. So that's a concern as used cars. So you could have a surprise to the
2: upside on CPI in this next print, which mm-hmm. wouldn't be market friendly. No, at all. no. Uh, one thing, too, I looked at, and this goes back to this turn of this year and what we're seeing, and it relates to CPI. We've done a study. where are going back 100 years. Whenever CPI declines through 7.1%, which we did on the last print, down to that uh, six and a half handle, mm-hmm. we've had seven events where that's occurred in the last 100 years. Six of those events, the market's average return in the next 12 months was 13%. Hmm. We wow. only had one year where it was flat. It was actually down 0.13%. So I don't know what the setup this year, but the odds are favoring. Once you start to get that turn down in inflation, you know, markets have a positive forward outlook. So I think that's also feeding
1: uh, heavily into this market. Sure.
0: How does the, the surprise payroll report kind of figure into that? Because it's, that's part yeah. of the story. It's right?
1: funny you bring that up because I was going to just touch on it. But we had payrolls come in at Five hundred and seventeen thousand versus anticipated one hundred and eighty-eight thousand. Right, a big miss from an economist standpoint, and we had unemployment rate dropping, not going up, which essentially is what, what, we're, tra- a what we're trying of to what yeah. is trying to be done here. Went down to the lowest level since May of nineteen sixty-nine. So when we talk about the conditions look a little bit better for the Fed to go higher longer, these are the conditions that we're seeing.
2: And that, what's interesting, too, is if we want to tie in the labor force participation rate, right now the labor participation rate is 62.4%. If I go back prior to the pandemic, that was a full percentage point higher. So a lot of that we saw a lot of people leave the workforce, particularly boomers that are near retirement age, which, by the way, we've got another year, and next year be the last year that boomers hit 60 so huge growth in the aging of America right now, and that's a large part of the the withdrawal in the in the labor force. So that feeds into why companies are hanging on to labor, paying the wages that they are, which are still below inflation. Mm-hmm. And we still have that paradigm, which feeds back into what's my greatest wealth creation: the equity markets. I'm not getting it for payroll. Right. I've got to get it elsewhere, and that's people flocking to the stock market. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So I think. Again, just kind of trying to wrap this up in terms of what the Fed is going to do next. We're getting another 25 basis point hike in March, March 22nd, probably another 25 basis points in May. It sounds like Fed FedPAL saying absolutely no cuts in 2023. There is potential to go to 6%. Has inflation peaked? Have we, have the, has the job been done? And now how, you know, how, much, how much of this is that lag effect?
2: our history of this uh, we've talked about this before it was when arthur burns was chairman in the 70s inflation came down they raised rates to fight they were doing our thing inflation came down they started getting pressure about the unemployment rate and the different things that were going up as a result of that so they started to lower rates and inflation reignited it was like a smoldering ember Mm -hmm. boom and that's the danger we have Mm -hmm. is that and that's what the Fed clearly wants to avoid. They don't want to see inflation, reignite, right. which feeds into the keeping the Fed funds rate high for long, which is the capital cost. You know, if I get five, five and a quarter, even five and a half on Fed funds, that bleeds through to these corporations. You know, you see the layoffs in the big tech companies. They're basically just cutting off the fat from what they did on the pandemic hiring. Mm-hmm. They haven't cut in any muscle or anything like that. That'll be the next shoe to drop. As we start getting that, you start seeing unemployment increase slightly. I, I don't know if you can get to 5% unemployment, but at 3.6, could you see it get up to 4 Absolutely.
0: And so while we're fighting inflation and this interest rate's going up, you have to see the silver lining, which is if you're a saver and you've been getting... Zero. Absolutely. Have, oh, so you're you're savings, you're, 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 money market, you're earning something now. It is. And your the ba- best opportunity. And, and I think we touched on this last time. The balanced portfolio starts to look a lot more attractive. That fixed income piece, or the bond portion of that portfolio, is earning something now.
2: We still kind of look for this market to be flat for the year. Roughly in the year at 4000 because of the decline in earnings that we expect in the second mm-hmm. and third, first mm-hmm. and second quarter this year. We're dealing with last year's earnings. That drag is going to be something that the market's going to have to address. And yeah. I, you know, we were looking at earnings, uh, you know, Jason, that earlier. I'm looking for second quarter earnings, first quarter to be a decline of 3%, second quarter to be a decline of about 5.4%. Then it starts to bottom out, and that's the growth. We start to see growth recovery in the economy in the second half of this year. The big surprise, I believe, will be how long will the Fed hold rates high, and what is the impact of that on cost of carry in the markets?
0: So um, I hate to even bring this up, but it is definitely something that has to be discussed and is part of the what affects the markets. Is the current geopolitical threats that we're looking at? I mean, we, we've certainly been talking about Ukraine, but we've also now got the debt ceiling thrown in there. China. Now we've got this Weather balloon, balloon. <laughs> yeah, <a> balloon <laughs> Whatever it is. that was totally unexpected, right? Uh, so heightened tensions again with china you you know
2: so you know the the ultimate end consequence of that is i'm driving in and i'm listening to the terrible earthquake news out of turkey and syria Uh, yeah and their market it was down what 30 percent. it just got crushed on that so if we got into some type of destructive so think about taiwan taiwan semiconductor manufacturing corporation which is the key uh, manufacturer for both china and the united states If something were to happen there, this market would get hammered as bad as what we're seeing in Turkey right now. Mm-hmm. So that that's a real fear. That's a real risk. But we've always lived with these as long as I can remember. One of my best trades ever was the Gulf War, building up to the Gulf War, which we haven't done you know anything like that. A little bit of Grenada, but Vietnam was the last big conflict.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the market sold off greatly as the sabers were rattling. Right. The night the aircraft sorties started going through, I invested a considerable amount of money that night. That was the bottom of the market. There wasn't an impact on the U.S. economy because of what was happening around the world. Right. So that's wars tend to uh, create some opportunity because of the fear surrounding it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have an economic impact on what's happening uh, locally in the economy, unless...
0: And we'll still have new, the debt new ceiling. New type of warfare. Sure. Yeah, 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 of course. But we'll, and we'll yeah. still have the debt ceiling to consider come this summer.
2: Yeah, that was discussed last night in the State of the Union. There's yep. a lot of jawboning. Uh, Yellen's out, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen's out on that all the time. Um, it would be shocking if they don't come to some court of uh, agreement. But it's not that there won't be some political theater as we get
0: close to that Mm -hmm. which always causes some additional volatility right and then i would be remiss if i didn't at least ask you guys and and kind of touch on the energy sector obviously we're in the the gulf coast of houston so Petrochem and oil prices and all of that matter a lot around here it's a lot of topic of discussion what are your thoughts on around that sector right now
2: you know, the, the main energy, uh, net gas, uh, crude, that, that seems to be fine. You still have that destruction in production. We mm-hmm. don't have the production uh, oil and gas like we used to have. The policies that the federal government aren't in place to encourage that. I think there was even some talk about that last night addressing that. Uh, so I think energy as a whole has a bid Where we get a little bit more issues as we go down the chain to petrochem, specialty chemicals, that sort of thing, where those margins have a chance of being compressed. And at the end of the day, this is all about earnings and margins. And if they get compressed, then you would expect those prices to go down, tied into the broader economy. Mm
0: -hmm. So I think, Jason, you made a very good point earlier Uh, We're talking about 2023 as if we're already six to nine months in and we're literally five weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Five weeks in. If you had a crystal ball, and I know that we don't, uh, (laughs) what would you think about at least getting us through the summer?
1: Well, like me and every other savvy investor, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be on an island somewhere. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, it's a fool's game to guess at this point, just with all the developments that we've seen and the speed of things occurring as well. You've got options playing a huge part in markets as well. You know, we talked about the short covering, but the options, single day expiration, you know, calls and puts on the single indices, that blurs up the picture a little bit as well when you have big speaking events. But as far as this year, I like the call of a flat year, 4,000 price target with keeping in mind all these margin compressions coming into play The companies slow down, a general economy slow down as well. But as we've seen you know, early this year with the sentiment, everything building, there's a lot of trading around the thought of a Fed pivot and quote unquote pivot, the market treating a pause as a pivot, which we all know is not a real pivot. There could be a little bit of that towards the end of the cycle, but we don't know where the hiking will stop and when the pausing will stop. So it is a big question mark right now.
2: It gets us to where we're positioned, which is where we've been, and we haven't changed because of this rally, but that's getting dividends and interest income, increasing the duration in our fixed income portfolios, getting 4 or 5% yields, increasing dividend paying equities in our equity part of the mm-hmm. portfolio. Yeah. So we, we're pretty much staying the course until we can get through this period here of uncertainty. It's always about earnings, which is really always about inflation. Uh, the two go hand in hand. Yep. And that starts to look better in the second half of the year. That's, uh, and then next year looks pretty good.
1: Yeah. I will say 2024 looks much better <laughs> <laughs> coming from an earnings standpoint. <laughs> once we can get through this and hopefully get some cuts later into 24, whatever that looks like. then well, Think economy about why to be would back. the
2: Fed cut? Because the economy is slowing
1: right. down.
0: Because, yeah.
2: Yeah. So you kind of got to get through that period. And the market's always leading at six months ahead of itself. So historically, we've we've talked about this before, but you do see markets lift when it anticipates the Fed's going to finalize that terminal rate, we call it. Right. But the real juice comes when they actually start cutting.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, getting together again for always an interesting conversation. I hope for all of our listeners out there that each time we get together and have this conversation, we're adding a little bit more information to what you're hearing. And the purpose of these podcasts is try and cut down on all the noise, give you the the high points and what we're seeing in the markets. So thank you to our listeners for subscribing to the RHP Market Talk podcast. Please follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you have any questions or would like to discuss today's topics, please feel free to contact us through our website at royalharborpartners.com. At RHP, we're passionate about planning for your financial future. Through our one-on-one conversations, we can help you navigate your personal wealth management and investment journey. How different will your life look with the right advice? Royal Harbor Partners is a registered investment advisor and in the by Royal Harbor Partners on this show are their own. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.